Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Billis. It wasn't that long ago where I was the workaholic and stuck business guy. It wasn't until I met some retired pro athletes that if I wanted longevity, my habits needed to change. So I set out to create the Business Athlete Performance Lab to help me and help guys like me. Hi, I'm Keith Billis, and this is Live in the Lab. All right. A little bit of weirdness in front of the camera there for anybody who's watching. So I'm like, hey, where's the button? Where's the button? I can't get it going. How did you go viral on TikTok? You were on America's Got Talent. How much do you get paid to be on AGT? Oh, you didn't get paid. Keith and Steve here in live in the lab. You're a great interviewer. I love it. 48 miles, 48 hours. And not just once. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I hit 50 last time and I'm like, yeah, things are a little different than they were 10 years ago. So trust me, things are to keep. You have no time for the BS that much yeah. of society seems to put on the table. Why is that? What you're talking about is real right now. There's just no bullshit here, but it's just real. We brought you in with some Marley. I said, Joseph, let's talk music for a second. You said, Keith Oldies, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I've never talked to a sir before. Why are you a sir? In many ways, we're the same story. I came from nothing. <laughs> You came from nothing. I think the old saying goes that if you want a trophy, you climb Everest. If you want respect, you climb K2. I've built an AI myself, and it's pretty fascinating when you can have a conversation with yourself with your own knowledge. Have you done that before? Why are we rushing to make these tools if they're all they're going to do is hurt humanity? Does the world need an Oppenheimer moment with AI? What a fun show. It's Wednesday, and we're live in the lab. And I'm your host, I'm Keith Billis. Hey, you know that secret I've been talking about all week? It's not the secret that you wear the same clothes when you're in the video business. No, that's not the secret. No, the secret I'm talking about is that I was you once. Still am sometimes. And you're thinking, what? You, me, you. What are you talking about, Keith? I was you. I was the workaholic guy. I was the guy who burned candles at both ends. Both ends of the candle were burning inward. I was collapsing. I was I was dying from inside. Sure. Exaggerative point. But you get the message. It wasn't until I discovered the power of taking care of my temple, my body, my machine first, the non-negotiable part, that I realized that not only could I help myself, but I could help people like me. So I created the Business Athlete Performance Lab, a place where we bring guys like you, guys like me together to help each other be accountable, get through those tough days and help you pursue, get to, move to next. Maybe you're stuck. This is the place for you. Maybe you're going through a personal situation. This is the place for you. Maybe you've recently retired from pro sports. This lab here, this community, this tight-knit group of business guys wanting to be athletes, our athletes wanting to be business guys, this is the group for you. No stuck happening here in the lab. No stuck. Speaking of stuck... We got a guy on the show today that helps companies get unstuck. Joining us today, Kurt Stein, IT consultant, digital transformation expert. What a timely guest. The world of AI coming around us, chat GPT, all these announcements with AI infused hardware. Well, Kurt works with companies that say, yeah, they scratch their head just like that. They go, we know we need to do something. What do we do? Kurt says, I'm going to help you do something. I'm going to help you get unstuck. I'm going to help you move forward in your business embracing the tools of IT, AI, etc. I'm looking forward to nerding out with Kurt today. What does Kurt do? He helps companies solve technology challenges. The most common response he hears when speaking to companies, they don't know where to start. Sound familiar? And they're overwhelmed with the fast pace of technology change. Sound familiar? That is where Kurt and Kurt's team can help. Join me in welcoming Kurt Stein, into live in the lab, live in the business athlete performance lab. Kurt. Hey, how are you? Did I do a good job introducing you today? Of course. It was great. It was great. Thank you. Did I, uh, did, did you find yourself when you were listening to the intro? Did, have you gone through life? I'm just going to jump right into it. Have you ever gone through life relating to any of those things that I said, where maybe you were a, just a stuck dude, you're a like stuck guy. I'm like, ah. I just don't know where I'm going next. I'm at a point in my life where I don't know what's happening next or if, you, or if it's been relatively kind of like stable for you. That's no, no, no. I think it's everybody. You can, look at, you can look at athletes. You can look at celebrities. Everybody at some point in time has reflected on the fact that they feel they're stuck. They believe they should be going in a different direction, anxiety, whatever it may be, right? Feeling things are just not in control. I think that it's a human emotion that you can't, you can't get away from that. It's, you're faced with it every day. So it's what you do about it, right? It's when you take action, that's how you get past certain things, or maybe you have a coach or 
You join podcasts like this and you listen to somebody else speak about things and it jogs your mind and gets you on a different track. But absolutely, everybody goes through it, men, women, and it's just, what do you do about it? That's the hardest thing, isn't it? Like, what do you do about it? And that's, so I think I've owned the keyword search on stuck this week. It's been used many times in my podcast and it's been a theme of the week, which is this idea that we get stuck. And then I saw what you do. So before we get into maybe the personal side of things, Kurt, I want to dive into the business side of things with you because I, I read your profile and you help companies get unstuck. You walk into a place and the guy across the table looks at you and says like this, just like this, right? Is that the expression that kind of like Sometimes. And sometimes <laughs> you get the other thing where they believe they're not because nobody wants, look, there, there's a couple of different aspects of it, right? There's people that say, Hey, I need help, right? No matter what it mm -hmm. is in life, I need help with me. I have an issue. I need to be, I need to work on this. And there's others that will say, no, nah, nah, I got this on the control. I don't need anything. And then you sit before them and they think they got it on the control. And then you start asking questions and it starts opening up the fact that they don't have it all in line and they need to get through a few things. And unfortunately that could be an uncomfortable situation because nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to be told that, that something's not right and they need to work on it. It's like walking into somebody's house and saying, oh, this should be here, that should be there. And nobody wants that. So you can't judge people, but not everybody is going, yeah, I don't know where to start. Some are, some believe they're ready and some believe they're doing it all right. And then if you have an open conversation and dialogue, you, you get to the point where they don't feel judged. They don't feel as if you're, you're saying they're doing something wrong and then you can move in a positive direction. Kurt, is there an aha moment? where that's consistent in your world, where a business owner or a business leader has something's happened, which has had them call you or, or you've been in conversations with them and finally the light clicks that they're like, oh yes, we do need some help. Yeah. It's, it's when, so for specific to the AI space is when you understand this friction within the business mm -hmm. and there might be an ability for them to reduce that friction uh, using AI tools. The, the very specific example would be I have to review these massive amounts of reports and that's something in order to automate it, AI would be best. It can do that for us, cut down our time and thereby make our lives much simpler. And that could be something either from a productivity enhancement or a cost savings where it's not really threatening. It's easy. It's something that can, it's tangible, right? And it's quick. And that's where they'll get an aha moment because otherwise, if they're just watching what's out there and reading what's out there and listen to podcasts, they think that AI is going to take over the world and change and take everybody's job. And it's the worst thing that's out there in the future, which can certainly put fear in people and have them not so, look into it. I saw you smile during the opener when I asked the question of, uh, of our guest last week, Mark Bartell, <clears throat> excuse me, whether the world needs an Oppenheimer moment. I'll, put, I'll pose the same question to you, Kurt. Does the world need to get to a point where uh, something has to happen before we take AI seriously? So that, that's a question that has a lot of levels to it, right? Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking through what you're asking, and there's a couple of ways I can answer it, right? There is one is from a business perspective, what is the catalyst that businesses take it seriously? Mm -hmm. And then there is a, what is the moment where governments take it seriously because of the challenge? There is, when people take it seriously, they can lose their jobs. There are so many different levels. Maybe it's like peeling back the onion, right? So let's peel it back. Let's peel it back on the bits. Let's peel it back on government. What's government's responsibilities, Kurt? Sure. So, so I, I think, not to get into too much from a political standpoint, I think overall government's job is to protect people and to provide services in a kind of socialistic standpoint, right? You pay taxes, you get services like police, fire, border, things like that, right? And that's the general aspect of what it is. Uh, it's government's, I, I believe, I, look, I believe that in capitalism and, and there should be businesses have the ability to innovate and do things like that. And that's the reason why America is the way they are. And that's another conversation for what's happening in the AI space as well. China, US, <clears throat> Europe, what's happening there. I think it's the government's uh, responsibility to have conversations about the positives and the negatives and to try to assist businesses in putting up guardrails in order to protect against cars going off the road, right? That's what the guardrails are for, right? To make sure some bad things don't happen. I believe that is what you do. I don't believe you get into knee-jerk reactions and think that everything's over and then start taking extreme action because I think you would then uh, kneecap technology and things that could possibly happen. But 
in summary, I, I believe it's the government's responsibility to have conversations with business, to have conversations in a public forum, to put guardrails up and to still try to maintain innovation without letting things go too far where it can cause some problems. It's hard not to see the world moving into a splintered state. Multiple internets, different. So you have AI rules in China. I have different AI rules and legislation here in North America, different AI rules. And we're going to police it this way over here. And it's easy to start seeing the world splintering. Do you not think so, Kurt? Yeah, you, you could see that happening. Now, from an AI perspective, it's, it, it's, it's such a brand new field. Everything we're watching, look, look, it's not brand new in general. It's Large language models, all right. But, yes. Yes. But, but from the mass adoption from a business mm -hmm. standpoint and ChatGPT really opening businesses' eyes in terms of what, it, what the capabilities are, let's talk about from November to now. That's really yes. the catalyst, right? The defining moment in business and what they call the fourth industrial revolution, right? The, how things are changing. Yes. Splintering. Look, you have the geopolitical aspects. You have the business aspects. I understand your question and where you're going from a splintering standpoint. I, I think from a, I think more of a, from a, from a positive building perspective, I think everybody's trying to figure things out and trying to understand what they do. And I think you're starting to see that a lot now with Europe putting together the AI rules. And then you have countries saying, hold on a minute. Once you start putting these strict guardrails in place, you're going to stop innovation. Europe is no longer going to wow. be the leading innovator of AI. Let right? me tell you, I, I live in a country where they put guardrails up over, a, I can't even fucking access Claude or I can't even access Bard because my Canadian government's, oh, we don't, I think that we should make sure that it's Canadian enough. Really? Yeah. So what, is my country going to get left behind? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. So you're not the only one to think that. Europe some of the countries are already saying that as well. Look, I understand what they're trying to do. They get together in the UK soon, either now or next month, where they're going to start talking about AI rules in the European area. But you got a lot of countries and a lot of companies pushing back saying, from a geopolitical standpoint, the, the country who's leading from an AI perspective is going to be a geopolitical leader in the future. That's what China and that's what the US are thinking, right? And Europe yes. is saying, if you put too many guardrails, if you make this too strict, innovation is not going to happen. We are going to be left behind. And I understand what they're doing. I understand they're trying to prevent bad things from happening, like nuclear war, right? <laughs> things on that level. I understand what they're thinking. I also hope that there's cooler heads prevail and they can pull some things back and make it better for businesses and society. So back to your original question, is it splintering? I think in the beginning it may, but, but I, think, I, I think economies – and geopolitical aspects are going to even that out because it's known that China is racing to become the leader from a geopolitical standpoint. The U.S. is well aware of it, and they are trying to lead from that perspective. Uh, you can see some of the things in politics happening where the Biden administration has now put some restrictions on the cards, right? The <laughs> NVIDIA and stuff going out there and Huawei coming back the other way. That's things that I believe are going to work out. And I, as a business person, I pay attention to it. Doesn't mean I get you know upset about it. I watch how things happen. But back to your splintering standpoint, there's gonna be a lot of missteps. There's gonna be a lot of getting too strict. And I think like everything else, there's gonna be a push and pull globally, understanding that if you go too far, you may be left behind, like you just said. And I, I think that's, hopefully it's gonna work itself out. It sounds like some cooler heads are there that they don't wanna prevent innovation. Um, as long as nothing bad happens, it, it should be, it should work itself out. So I, I don't think it's going to splinter. If anything, it's a, it's an interim. Hopefully it's not going to be something going forward. You would agree with me that the internet is different today and it's moving. It, yesterday's internet is yesterday's internet where we were just learning and it was just, it was this new, wonderful, vibrant place. It really has changed since pandemic, since geopolitical situations in the world. Like we're moving into a new era of the internet, aren't we, Kurt? Hold on a second. Hold on. Audio. I don't know what's, sorry about that. No, that's okay. You're actually sounding fine here. You're good here. You're good on my end. Let's keep talking. Let's see. Default speakers. You're with Keith here. I Keith don't know what's happening. Live in the lab. It's. I think we're having a tech, and and it's it's appropriate that we're having a tech issue today. It, it keeps going back to Microsoft for some reason. I don't know what's happening. Uh, so what, that's okay. So 
Kurt is going to work himself out of the room here. We're going to do this and this, and we're going to, we're going to actually just do this on the fly here today. It's not coincidental that on today's show, we're talking tech, we're talking AI, and we're talking these situations unfolding around the world. And our, our, our resident tech expert today, Kurt Stein, is having some tech issues. We were reflecting upon what's happening in the world, we're reflecting upon the impact that AI is happening from a geopolitical standpoint, from a standpoint of government innovation, lack of government innovation. I was commenting on, Kurt, can you hear me okay? Are you able to hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. We got your back here. I can't hear you. I don't know what happened. Ah, maybe you're on. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to sneak on out and um, come back into the room? So I'm going to do that. I'm going to move Kurt back over here, and we're going to do this here. And while we're waiting for Kurt, one of the things that I did want to talk about, and I'm just looking over. I'm looking past the camera here because in my setup. We got Kurt on the other side of the camera, big screen behind me here. I, yeah, Kurt's just left the room for a moment. He's going to pop back in, but I got to tell you something. I was reading an artifact today. We all know how much I love artifact. Great app uh, powered by Systrom and Krieger, the old Instagram guys. And I've always said, if you're going to invest in a business, you're probably going to invest in the people. So when I heard that they were, I hear comes Kurt back here. Awesome. When I heard that these guys were starting a new app, I'm like, I'm going to check it out. So if you haven't found artifact yet on your phone, you need to find artifact. You need to download it, add me, follow me. I share great stuff, interesting stuff, stuff that's related to the conversation that Kurt and I are having right now. And let's bring Kurt back into the room here. This conversation around, around AI and the impact that AI is having on the world, the geopolitical aspects, our countries being left behind and so forth. And is AI affecting podcasts like Keith and Kurt's here as we're trying to do our show here today? So Kurt, I'm glad we got it all sorted out. Now, we were talking about the splintered internet. We were talking about how, and I, the question that I had left you with was, Yesterday's internet is gone, isn't it? Like it's since pandemic and, and, the, and, and the shift geopolitically in the world, social media is not the same. Elon Musk owns something called X, Twitter is gone. Like the romance of yesterday's internet, it is gone, isn't it, Kurt? Yeah, or, or it's certainly going to go through an innovation. It, what we know is going to change over time. This more personalized experience is going to become what the next internet is. Talk about from your point of view, when you talk to customers and you spend time reading about this in business, talk about the next internet. That's interesting to people that are listening to the show, like right now are going, what's Keith Curtin talking about? What's, what's Keith and Kurt talking about when they say the next internet? Is it this metaverse thing that Mark Zuckerberg talks about? We're all going to have headsets on our head. Like, talk about the next internet from your point of view, Kurt. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's all working itself out. Everybody has ideas like Mark Zuckerberg and everybody else. The Metaverse, they talk about spatial reality. That's what Apple calls it. And then you have typical search from Google is they're going to go through a threatening moment. Uh, well, we go through this AI and we get this personalized experience. We get, we put something in, it comes back generating new content to us. What we know search being where you go in looking for something and you click on a hyper blue link, that's going to have to change. Google's going to have to change. AI companies going to come out with AI that are going to be competing directly against Google from a search perspective where they can provide now personalized experiences back to Keith, back to myself, where it's going to change how you search for things. Internet itself has been very much where we go on there, we type things in and we get responses back. Now AI is creating things for us. And with that, it's changing how we react to the world as well. So just high level, you're going to see search change. A lot of different companies are coming out from a VC perspective with AI, how they're going to change things, how we do things. Uh, you're going to have uh, multimodal AI come out soon where it can take text, speech, images, and it can look at all of it together and provide you responses. Maybe we're a couple of months out, maybe we're a year out, but but things are certainly going to change. I, I'll give you, I'll give you a, here's a, a fact. In five years from now, the large language models today, like ChatGPT and Claude and all the other ones, in five years from now, they're going to have large language models that are 1,000 times more powerful than ChatGPT4. That's a fact. It's a fact. Think about that, right? Just think about that. Think about how ChatGPT has revolutionized my life on my phone today. Yep. So think about how that, that, you're just saying, think five years from now, aren't you? Think five. It, it could be three. They're speaking five. So, so you never know. impact on society, Kurt, when that happens? So, so, so without going into the doom and gloom side, right? Because it, I think if we reflect back in history, 
Now, while AI is a little bit different, but if you reflect back in history, because it's the best way for humans to do, look at how things have progressed. What have people done? Not to be too simplistic, but I'm sure those in the horse and buggy business, that was enormous. That was their livelihood. Here comes the Model T Ford. People like, that car is never going to work. That car is not good enough. That's the problem. You have to fix this. You're 50. They're saying it's the worst thing in the world. But what happened over time, the vehicle overtook horses and stuff and industries changed. People changed. Those that worked on horseshoes moved private to working on tires. I'm not saying it's the exact transition, but people changed with technology. Internet came out. Companies said, no, look, what's this internet thing? I don't need an email address. I don't need a website. I don't need that stuff. I have my brick and mortar store. Everybody knows me. But people learned they had to change because business changed. Buying habits changed. If you look at a, a fact from, from Amazon, they in, in 2003, they had 1,000 robots working in their facilities. 10 years later, 750,000 robots are working in their facilities. In 10 years, you see what's changed, right? Uh, they've hired so many people. There's been facts that Amazon's going to go through the entire U.S. population in terms of working there because they've cycled through so many people. So robots are certainly going to change things there. So now get into AI. If they're talking about 1,000 times more powerful than ChatGPT4, if you have robot technology coming out when you look at Boston Dynamics and some of the advances they're doing there, if you look at how search changes, if you see how you know different roles can change, become enhanced roles that are out there. I think, like I just said a little bit earlier, people have to start learning about AI now. People need to start adapting to where are things going. I've written a couple of posts, AI ethicists, AI project managers, AI developers, AI consultants, people that are helping construct AI from that perspective. You certainly have one side of those talking about how is the impact going to be the human race? Is it going to take everybody's job away? What's going to be left? And then you got the other side saying, we're trying to develop this with a moral code where we don't want that to be the impact. And, and these are the discussions that are going to happen you know, over time. And anybody that says they know what's going to happen five years from now anyway is people that really don't know that. But you can look back in time and see how things have been impacted. And you can look at this technology and see how rapidly it's advancing the things that it's able to do. I believe that people will have to change. I believe, yes, jobs, some jobs will be lost, won't be needed because AI can do it for you. An example is coding. We used to hear, do coding, learn coding, do that stuff. Well, generative AI can do coding. It doesn't mean it's 100% right. You're still going to need human interaction to look at things and make sure they're right. But that's most likely going to change. Email writing, maybe paralegal stuff is going to change. So I believe that while everything else happens out there, Instead of falling into the fear bucket and saying, like, sky's falling, everything's over, become proficient in AI. Get as much knowledge as you can around AI. And what is going to happen, I've said on a few podcasts before, is your mind's going to open up. You're going to see opportunities and areas to assist and to be helpful in that. And then society will naturally find other ways and other positions to fill in. So they're not impacted from that perspective. That's my positive outlook on it. <laughs> Kurt, the world changed 17 years ago when this device was introduced. Yes. And, and we all saw it, right? Because it was a physical device that we physically held and we saw it get on an airplane and more and more people over time had them. There was move from the BlackBerry moment to the iPhone moment. Because chat GPT and large language models are software, you don't see them. Is that part of the reason that people have doubt? Is that part of the reason that people just because they don't, that doesn't impact me, Kurt, so I really want to pay attention to it. And I just, I don't see it all the time. I just, my, my kids are talking about it, but I don't really know about it. Is that part of the problem? And will that change when Joni Ive and Sam Alton release their AI developed device? And i tell you, was that, I'm starting to be, I'm going to be a conspiracy here, but so Joni leaves Apple knowing that over a certain amount of years, he has a non-compete. He can't do nothing for a certain period of time. He leaves for a while knowing in the background, he's working with Sam on this new device that's going to change the world. Imagine being the guy that's changed the world twice. Yes. Think about that. That's going to happen. Yes, it is. So how do I think it's uh, the phone changed everything, right? Yes. Productivity went up tremendously yes. because of that. I yes. mean, we got rid of Xerox copies and yes. layers. Business had to rapidly advance. The economy grew since then. Certainly, I I'm not aware of who lost their job. I just, I see maybe SmartBeep went out of business, right? Pagers. And then they became, they just moved into other technologies, right? People found their ways. 
paid your business. They didn't starve. They moved into other companies in order to take that technology and that sales acumen or engineering, and they brought it to other companies. But from an AI perspective, it is the fourth industrial revolution. You're going to see rapid advancements, rapid changes. Yes, that device, I did a post on that as well about how you know he was leaving. You see some of the benefits going to do in business in terms of businesses becoming faster, making decisions faster, being able to pivot faster. Human beings making some errors, it might help on that side, but humans are still going to be involved to make sure that whatever's coming out, the outputs are correct. But it, what is what are they going to see? I think Microsoft Copilot being released on November 1st is going to be an impact. Now, I don't see it impacting November 1st. What's going to happen is businesses are going to turn it on because it's going to be very easy to do so. Microsoft is a large provider of services in, in businesses. They're going to turn that on. You're going to have companies that are going to perfect how they roll that out and teach their people how to use it so they actually do use it. There's going to be other companies that are not going to use it and are going to say, oh, I don't know what this is and not do it. But like anything else in business, the companies that become far more proficient at it are going to start becoming leaders. And then what happens? Everybody else goes, oh my God, how are they doing what they're doing? And they're going to realize that if they did not start using AI, they know the reasons why from a number perspective. If they're a public company, they're going to start seeing their stock price get hit with Wall Street. If they're a private company, they're going to start seeing some pressures from customers leaving them. And they're going to have to understand what's happening here. So I believe Microsoft Copilot is going to be one of the catalysts. I believe that there might there's going to be some other tool that's going to come out that is going to change things as well, especially as ChatGPT keeps improving. That device might do it. Metaverse slash spatial reality, I know it's trying to catch on and some businesses are starting to do it. I believe people really haven't caught on to it yet because they still don't understand how easily to get in there. How do you work with this? Make it simple for it. Really make it, keep it simple, stupid, the KISS method, right? Keep it very simple and people will, will grasp it. That's one of the main reasons why ChatGPT did so well. You just typed in and it gave a response back, right? It was very easy to use. So I think there's going to be many different catalysts that are going to show that. Copilot, some other things are going to come out as well. As businesses start rapidly using it, they're going to come home in their private life and start using it more often. And you're going to see that business moving to personal and business start coming together in terms of using AI. They're going to start doing things better. And from that perspective, they're going to have a choice either you're on this train or you're going to find yourself either losing your job, being displaced, or your company's going to have, suffer from a revenue perspective. Not to be too bleak, but I, no, I see but that. You, you mentioned it earlier. It's history repeating itself, right? It's the company moving from the typewriter to the word processor and then introducing Microsoft Outlook. Yes. Okay, here's this email product. It's going to change your life and increase your productivity. And we're seeing now the same thing with, with Copilot is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty impactful because... It's not expensive, 30 bucks a license. Yes. Uh, even for smaller companies, that's not expensive. The capabilities it has in order to tie into your business and do things for you is going to be business changing. Uh, like take, for instance, take a small business that, mm. that says, look, I don't have a marketing department. I, I, I don't really have that capability to do certain things. So they use Fiverr, they use Upwork, and they try to send things out there with Copilot and PowerPoint. You'll be able to take notes either you took from a meeting or notes you can jot, jot down. You plug it into PowerPoint, say, create me a PowerPoint presentation. I want you to use some type of graphics. It's going to give you all these ideas and it's going to craft it out for you in a PowerPoint presentation in seconds. You get to click and choose whatever designs you want. And then from there, you're going to say, wow, that works perfectly. That right there is going to be life-changing for a small business from a marketing perspective. How about business analytics? Here's mm -hmm. what your profitability has been for the last five months last year, this product's doing well, this one's declining and I give that to you in seconds. It's going to open some business eyes. Kurt, here's something I believe. I believe that guys like you and guys like me, and what I mean by that is that guys with a little bit of wisdom on their faces, a little bit of gray hairs on their faces, have just received raises over the last year. And you know why that is? Because guys like you and I are of more value than ever before. Because this world of creating content instantly with robots that don't have the wisdom and experience and those life, those human experiences. If you think about it, you, you raised something earlier. Amazon's commoditized products. That's what they've done. Amazon is commoditized products. 
humans are now the luxury item. So it's interesting because I made this statement a couple of days ago. While the world's been pivoting to chat GPT to create content, you know what I did last week? I pivoted to a human being because I wanted more human authentic content. Now, I'm not suggesting that there's no use or place for these tools, but I'm saying guys like you guys like me are of now more value because somebody wants to sit down and he, somebody wants to sit down and hear Kurt's opinion, Kurt's experience, and Kurt knows how to use those tools to weave in his experience. There's a lot of value to Kurt compared to, with all respect, the 20-year-old who's coming out of school who knows how to use ChatGPT. They haven't gone through your life experiences that you have that you bring to that meeting. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certainly something to be said for it. And I agree in the human AI interaction and combination. I've done a lot of posts about it too, that authenticity, that gut sense, that insight, intuition, that's not there from an AI perspective. That's AGI. That's something in the future, if they even get to that. So you're 100% right in terms of experience, et cetera. The, the biggest risk to people like myself and those older is that they don't embrace it. They don't yes. see, oh, that's the biggest risk. But if you but do- Sorry to over talk here. Are, are we not seeing that happening in the world right now though, Kurt, where you have the demographic that is starting to retire because, ah, shit, I don't want to have, we'll have to learn that. That's why I'm saying there's that, I think there's a demographic between like that, that 38 to, to 55. Go and learn this shit, man. Become an expert yes. because that's how you're going to outrun, out, outlift, out, out, outwork those, the up and coming- generation of humans yes yes it's that uh, that booster right that yes. nitrous oxide superpower. in the car that yeah. could be your superpower and yes and i've seen in statista the uh, the two largest demographics that are ai users are 18 to whatever it is like 29 mm -hmm. or something like that they're the highest and the second highest like 29 to like 50 or something like that and then the older generation it's much lower that would make sense right because the younger generation is always looking at newer tools and where right in that technology space, looking at things. But yes, if take that with experience, authenticity, intuition, you put it together, that's your superpower. And, There's a lot of value there. Yeah, I think absolutely that's what it is. And the younger generation, my caution to them is the following. And I have young kids as well. And I keep them off chat GPT and off of Bing. I said, look, if you want to play around with it, you can't. But if you're going to write papers, if you have to answer things in homework, I, I'm not going to allow them to use it. Why? Because you're taking away the ability for them to think, to create their thoughts, to be creative in the future, to use, you create those synapses in the brain and learn. So in the future, the way they learn how they can process information can only be enhanced when you use AI, as opposed to growing up with your device only knowing how to use the device, only having ChatGPT write it for you. That's, I think that's a disabler. It's, it's going to be something that's going to hurt you. No different. I'll give you an, exa I'll give you an example. So my wife is, is uh, an elder millennial. I born in 1980. So when she first learned, she grew up in New York. So she, in New York city, you don't typically get a job, a car, not a job. <laughs> no, you, don't you don't typically get a car is what I meant. Uh, because you could just take taxis and in her line of work, when she was younger, she was bartending. You don't want to drive and get DWIs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And you could just hire a taxi all the time. When she finally got a license, it was at 26 years old because she didn't need it. It was actually cheaper for her to take taxis everywhere. Today, you would just do Uber everywhere. It was cheaper to do Uber than it is to go pay for a parking spot, insurance in New York City and a car. And Right? My point I'm making is, she learned to drive on cars that have sensors and backup cameras. Put her in a car that doesn't have backup cameras. It is debilitating. She can do it, but it's extremely difficult because she never learned it. I learned to drive that way. Me, it's great. Put me in any car. It doesn't matter. I love the cameras, but I can jump into an old car and drive it and I'm perfectly fine. That's the example for life. So Kurt, why don't you have your wife drive a horse and buggy. Cause I, I don't agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with your point of view. And I, let me tell you why I think that we're, I think we need to move forward and embrace the tools to move forward. So I take a different point than you do with your children. I've encouraged my children to use those tools, not to cheat, but to embrace how to use them, how to speak to them, how to enable them. Because if you don't, if I'm teaching people, you got to enable this in your life. I, I, I got to speak the speak and I got to be authentic to my children. I, I, like yourself, I don't want them cheating on their exam.
tools so that they can compete in the world around them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with your point. I understand you're saying you disagree with me. I don't want them using that for papers, for Understood. writing things, something with a school perspective, which they could easily do on their own. Sure, sure they could. Yes. That's what I don't want them to do. They are perfectly allowed to sit there and go on to Bing and come up with ideas and put things in there. I want them to learn AI. It's important because they're the next generation that are going to come up with ideas yes. that we never thought of. So, no, I, I don't, I'm not saying they're not allowed to. I'm not the person that says you can't have a device, but I am one that says no devices at the table. If you're in yes. a car, put your devices down. Let's have a conversation. Let's learn the human interaction, understanding, reading people, laughing, making jokes, connecting, right? I'm about that, but I, but it's not a zero tolerance, no devices, no AI. So I probably mm -hmm. wasn't clear in how I, I explained that. I, I, th thanks for that clarification. I, I like that you went though to the spot of human interaction because I think the world right now is going through a, so I, I believe in spatial computing. I think it's exciting to me. I, I love this idea of a, of a blended world and, 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 and what that offers to us, but I know it's going to take us some time to get there. And what I mean by that is that we're going to have to go from this world of, okay, learning how to have social etiquette of looking down at your, looking down at your phone and then having it in between me and you and this barrier to this big obstructive device on our heads to something that's going to be small and, and, I think, Kurt, it's going to enhance communication with human beings when I can just throw a pair of like slim eyeglasses on, you can as well, and we remove all of this that's in front of you and I right now, and we're able to connect in a spatial way. You can come here into the lab, join me in an intimate way where we can be as humans connecting. That's exciting to me. But I think from now over the next, what number of years, while we need to have things shrink. We need 5G, 6G networks to come on. We need governments to allow things to happen. We're going to go through some difficult times getting to that spatial computing era. Yeah, two, two points to that. Here's my one concern. Have you ever been out where you saw a lot of younger kids come together, either in a bowling alley, ice skating ring, a sports field? Have you seen something like that? Because every time I see a lot of those young kids come together, you know what they're all doing? There's 10 of them standing around. Guess what? They're not talking to each other. They're looking at their devices, texting each other, and snapping each other, Snapchat. I, exactly. So that to me is the barrier moment, right? Where we're having to move from that to something yeah. we put on our heads so I can look you in the eyes while I'm doing the same thing. Yes. So with that, I'm concerned just from a, a human interaction standpoint, there's got to be interaction, shaking a person's hand, looking them in the eye whether it be that electrical force or the spirit yes. or what that still matters. Like that connection, reading people, intuition, yes. gut feelings, right? that's important. I do agree that no different than getting on a plane and flying somewhere and doing something like this, where we're looking at each other that with thinner form factors, something that makes it much easier. Like I saw the Zuckerberg and Lex Friedman one where they were freaking out about it. They looked at each other. Spectacular. It, was pretty, it was pretty cool, but you're yes. right, once it becomes less inhibiting, like all over the face and, you're going to see the adoption. Next point is those same kids I just talked about, which grew up in a device in their hands, grew up with Snapchat, how growing up with Metaverse, growing up with Fortnite, growing up with Roblox, they are going to mm -hmm. naturally adapt to those moments. And yes. they are going to become the largest spenders in the US economy. So I believe it's like Generation Z is going to be the largest spender by 2030, right? Baby boomers are going to start dwindling from a spend perspective. And with that comes technology has got to service that demographic. Otherwise, it goes away. So that, that's going to be a catalyst to spatial reality, AI. And you're going to see a lot of changes where they're going to expect that glasses form factor and being able to do more business like that. Um, that that's an inevitability, I believe, is going to happen. But it's going to take a couple of catalysts like them coming up. The other generations falling off, and then that's exactly correct. That's, that's exactly correct. Yeah, it's interesting. You made a you made a comment a few moments ago, Kurt, about uh, about search changing. I'm going to weave it into spatial computing. So I believe search has actually changed right now today, but yet the world doesn't know it. Let me explain. So the recent Apple Watch has UWB inside of it, which allows you to do this: tap, watch opens up. You don't have to touch your watch, and you're interacting with your watch. Right? You're familiar with that feature, right? That's not so, working for me. I guess I didn't turn it on. No. So th there's uh, you actually don't even touch the watch. You touch your fingers together and the watch interacts. Okay. 
So you just touch your, you touch your thumb and your finger and, and it interacts. Okay. So follow me with this point here. So they've just introduced this gesture for human beings to get used to doing. That's called tapping your finger and your, your finger and your thumb together to interact with your device. It's the same gesture when you have the Vision Pro on your head to interact with the content on the screen. So tomorrow's search is going to be revolutionized by this because your eyes are going to look at the Coke can in front of you. You're going to go tap and you're going to search something. That is when search is going to change. And that's when Google is going to go, oh, I see Kurt, Kurt, Kurt's looking at the Coke. He taps his fingers together and he's now searching Coke, right? Like that, that, that's a transformative experience that the world is, is being prepared to happen is being prepped for happening. No different than we were prepped for the no home button on the iPhone when they released the iPhone 17 years ago. It was like, okay, we got to get people used to a button before we get them used to something else. Yep, 100%, 100%. And it's, you're looking for that catalyst, right? Yes, yes. From a tech perspective, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, they're rolling it out. And then you have that next generation up and coming going into the workforce. You have form factors changing. It really is about what's the public going to, what are yes. they going to grasp onto? What is, does it become that Johnny Ivy and uh, any AI device that comes out? That could be the next iPhone moment that just blows everything off the doors off and becomes that moment. That's it. It's spatial realities here. It, we're all in. And it's- Do you have an opinion on the humane pin? It's been teased by one of, by some of the folks from Apple. It was just, I read this morning that it's on the time. It's on, it's going to make, what is it? Uh, times list of most influential devices were being released next this year, 2023. Are you familiar with the, the, the humane pin? And do you have any pers- no. hum, uh, opinions on it? No, I didn't read that one. What is yes, yeah, so the humane it? pin, it's, it sits on your chest. It's got, it's no screen. It's, it's the iPhone killer. It's going to, I'll share the link to you later, but it, it allows, it's, it shoots out uh, laser screen on your hand. So you look at your hand. Oh, Kurt's calling me right now. I can talk to Kurt. It's got, it's always listening. It's got AI inside of it. And it's one of these first, AI devices and the buzz comes because the the founders of the device are former Apple folks who are who have been involved in the Apple ecosystem. So they've done a really wonderful job. It was launched on the Paris runway a few weeks ago. Naomi Campbell was wearing it on her clothing. So it's a wearable AI powered wearable that is is apparently around the corner and and, and going to change things. So I mean, it, um, look, it, it makes sense. I I don't. It's like Star right. Trek. Here we come, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Everything from there and. Look, you have Elon Musk with with his, they're putting the chips in the brain, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Look, there's positives and negatives to that. So it's, look, everything's rapidly changing. Like I'm up on everything and I didn't see that one yet. And I read every single day and I'm trying to stay plugged into everything. And I didn't see that one yet. So that's how it's advancing so quickly. It is. Now, I, I like to take our conversations onto a personal athletic human side, but you mentioned Elon. And before I go to the human the Kurt side, human side of things. I want to touch back on Elon for a second, if we can. Sure. So, cause I think it ties the first 45 minutes together. Are, are we moving into a world Kurt where it's like Iron Man? It's like where there's one guy or two guys with all this money and Elon wakes up with me having, he, he impacts wars. No, you can't have my satellite dish or I'm turning the satellite dish off or he owns a, he owns a constellation of satellites. Are we going to wake up one day where, geopolitically we are living in the avengers i think i i'll answer the question like this we, we have seen throughout time no matter what it is we think we look at one thing happening in life and thinking that's the way it's going and then something else completely different happens because it's such a connected world, such a large world. There are so many companies, so many brilliant people, so many people from a diverse demographic standpoint that are contributing to this human experiment that we're all helping out in that unless it was a society that was locked down and those are the people to do things, we still have free markets, still have capitalism, we still have governments, we still have other innovators. We have people that are trying to reinvent that wheel and anything else. Apple comes out with something and somebody else is trying to beat them out. So even with anything that Elon does, there's somebody else out there that's innovating and trying to become the next best thing. And I think with that, I think that becomes a balance in life with governments wanting their things, with governments fighting against each other, competing against each other, with businesses competing against each other, individuals competing against each other. 
I think that is a natural balancing act for any one person getting power. I think the government is a side that would really tilt the scales. They're the ones with all the power. They're the ones with the military and the police and all that. I think they're the ones that could weigh the scales down if that was going to happen. But from a private sector standpoint, I think innovation is something that would probably be a, a check against any one individual doing it. That's my thought. Yeah, it, it is an interesting time, though, when you have somebody accumulating so much wealth and so much influence over the world that you wonder, and it makes me wonder. And listen, I'm also a realist, so I'm, I, I know we're not waking up tomorrow with Elon strapping on the, the Iron Man suit and flying around the world and solving solving problems. That's not what I'm trying to suggest. It's as much the metaphorical thoughts. Like you said, five years from now, imagine the power in our hands with these new AI devices. So you start thinking, okay, five years from now, how many more satellites does Musk have up in the sky or does Bezos put up there or Altman one day? And it's just, I'm all for capitalism. Believe me, I'm all for capitalism. It's a fascinating time for me. I think it's a fascinating time as the world continues to shift. But let's leave that over there. As we continue to wrap up, we're 50 minutes in. Man, we're have, I'm having a great chat with you. I want to. I like to connect on a human level, and I like to learn something from my guests. I've been doing this every single day for the last six weeks, and I meet incredible human beings every single day. Mm-hmm. I want to connect with you on the human side of things, Kurt. You've been a successful business person. What have you done outside of business to take care of your human, to take care of your machine, to take care of yourself first so that it enables you to have the success on the business side of things? Teach me something about Kurt. Sure, sure, sure. I, I do agree. You can't, you know, you mentioned in your beginning about being a workaholic, right? Burning the candles from both ends in your introduction. And certainly that could, that is detrimental to, you know, people's health, et cetera. I have a big family. I have five kids. So I'm always trying to balance business with spending time with them. And they're all different age groups too. I, I spend a lot of time feeling guilty that I'm not giving enough time to, some of them. Yeah. Hey man, I, I, then, I, you know, I want to interrupt you there and say, I can relate to that, man. Oh man, I can relate to that. And I think that's worth interrupting because sure. we're, we're, we're probably similar ages and I got children too. And I, I feel the same guilt. Yeah. And you take one may have an issue right in school and you're spending a lot of time to the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know, that the metaphor, right? You spend a lot of time there and then you start feeling guilty that you're not spending it with some of the other ones. And you're trying to pull yourself in different areas and give to them because after all, I mean, that is important that your family, that is, you're molding them into to be the, the next generation and to be the best they can be in order to survive in this world and to achieve great things in this world, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to take from them. And then on top of it, you still have to cook dinner. You still have to eat. You still have to take business calls. You still have to read you. And then you still have to take care of yourself. I was working out a lot and then it fell off. I got my black belt in, in uh, Taekwondo awesome. back when I was 40, 41. I was nice. in the greatest shape of my life. And then I broke my wrist on the test. And then I was out for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, let me do jujitsu next. Let's change that because I love the uh, the conditioning and stuff. And then I've been on and off with that over time because of scheduling. But then I find I'm helping my kids out. Like they're playing lacrosse. Some of the girls want to play lacrosse. I played lacrosse in high school. So I love it. So it's, oh, how do we do that? And then I look at how do we become more active going outside? Let's get out. Let's go do things together. Let's spend time. Let's do that human interaction that we talked about a little bit earlier. That cracking a joke, being sarcastic, feeding off each other, understanding how the world works, seeing nature, experiencing things, having an experience. So I try to, it doesn't mean I'm always good at it, but I try to get to the gym and I bring my kids with me. So they're doing with me and teach them and train them and have them take things on, try to give back from a health standpoint when I can get there, try to give time back to them in order to have you know conversations with them to make sure that I'm delivering and being the best father I could be as well. And I don't feel guilty that I'm robbing them of attention. But I think you know nobody has a lock on that. Nobody has the silver bullet. I think we all do the best we can as parents. We're not infallible. And I think we we try to do what we can to provide for our families as well as nurture them from an emotional standpoint and try to get them ready. Look, I try to do it all. Doesn't mean I'm always successful, but I focus on the health aspect. I try to get them involved. So I'm spending time with them. And I still try to do as much as I can from a business perspective, make sure I'm staying up on 
on everything that happens in that area too. So hopefully that answers your question. Absolutely it does, because I can tell you, we've been chatting for 53 minutes now outside of the, 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 the tech, 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 tech issues. And I will tell you that you are an IT digital expert, but you're very human. And I love that, is that you, you, you've weaved this theme through the whole show that, okay, kids, use the AI tools, but you need to be human first. Okay, I need to spend time with my, my, my humans in person. I need to, I'm concerned about people just staring at their devices all the time. I like that point of view you really are reminding me of and reminding the audience of that, yes, we're swimming in a world of AI and data and technology, but man, we really have to be human first, don't we? Yes. Yeah, we do. You can't lose that that human feel and creativity, et cetera. And AI is not supposed to be here to replace us. And I think it's I think it's incumbent upon us to maintain that, to learn about it, not be fearful of it, not run the other direction. Be part of it. Be part of the conversation. Be part of the development. Be part of the testing, the giving back and work and making sure you're part of it from a human perspective. And I think that is going to be the ace in the gold card, the, the best of everything. If you can maintain human with AI, I think that's the, the best news for all of us. Kurt Stein, thanks for joining me live in the lab today. Love it. Love it. Appreciate being here. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about or anything about the business or anything you want to plug at this point in the show? It's I, I, I like to offer the guests a chance to speak freely to the audience, bring up anything that I have missed or did not bring up. You want to bring up is there anything you want to you know close upon or clarify before we say goodbye today, Kurt? Sure, sure. I mean, so I'll just reiterate again that that come from a perspective when you're thinking about AI, come from the human aspect, uh, human and AI working together and making sure that you learn as much as you possibly can. There is a negative side, but I think if people focus on the positive side, you can counter any of the negative things that, that may happen out there. If you have any questions in terms of how to demystify AI. If you have a business and you're like, I don't know where to begin, just let's sit down and have a conversation. I'm easily reachable. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Kurt R. Stein. I'm always posting things out there, trying to educate people about what's happening out there. But my perspective is AI should be positive and it will be very helpful to your business to keeping the competitors at bay. And I think that if you could demystify it, if you could find out there are positives there, then you can be successful in using AI and you'll be the leader. You'll be the one that's saying, hey guys, watch me. This is how you do it. And this is the right direction to run in. As opposed to there's going to be a whole other crowd that's going to be on the other side saying, the, the sky's falling, the world is over, run the other direction. That's a negative aspect. And I don't think anything positive comes from that. Kurt, thanks again for joining me today. I'm going to say goodbye to the gang. If you just wouldn't mind hanging out in the holding room for a quick second, I'm going to put you on, just going to move you from the stage here. If you're looking for an expert, everybody, clearly in the world of AI and clear terms of um, digital transformation, you're going to want to reach out to Kurt. I hope over the last hour with myself and Kurt, you got a real clear perspective of the human, right? And, and you're able to gain some trust from what's, what Kurt's point of view was. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the chat today and I hope you all did as well. Uh, I'm Keith. I'm Keith Billis. I'm live in the lab. We go Monday to Friday, noon, minus five GMT. You'll catch us with some great conversations along the way. And remember, if you're feeling stuck, if you're looking sideways, frontways, backwards, upside, think about what Kurt said here today. Just go find a human to connect to. Go connect with a human today. And uh, it's probably going to be quite an amazing experience that's going to enlighten you and help you through the rest of your day. I'm Keith. I'm live in the lab. I'm live in the business athlete performance lab.